All right, welcome back to Baseball Banter on this Thursday, May 27th, as we are about to hit Memorial Day weekend. And you know what time it is. It is that time of year where we've hit the first holiday of the baseball season, and this is where we start to kind of figure out uh, who's going to be in contention this year and who is going to uh, be sliding to the back of the pack and will be sellers come trade deadline which is two months and four days away that it will be july 31st and who is not going to be in contention this year you know we talked about and we marveled the very nice start the kansas city royals got off got off to and at one point they were uh, i believe 16 and 9 and while they have turned it around they're 6 and 4 in their last 10 uh, they had that major 11-game losing streak, and they have really fallen back, and now they're sitting five games out in the American League Central. And the team that's really gotten it going is the Chicago White Sox, as they sit at 28-20. and 20. You know, one of the things that I marvel at is every division, except for the National League East, is separated by one game or a tie like for example the Cubs and Cardinals are currently tied at 22 uh, 27 and 22 uh, meanwhile you have the Padres up, up up by a game on the 30 and 19 Dodgers and 30 and 19 Giants and by the way they square off tonight 10 p.m. on MLB Network um, I, obviously that promo doesn't really make sense because this won't be posted till about 10 p.m. and you probably won't be listening to it uh, that soon, but regardless, they start a big uh, four-game set over the weekend, and you know this is the official measuring stick. Are the Giants for real? The Giants are a team uh, that I talked about earlier in the month as to one of those teams that we you know we're not really sure whether or not that they're for real just yet. And this is a good measuring stick with a four-game series upcoming with the L.A. Dodgers. The National League East, like I said, is the only division where the the first-place team is up by more than one game on second place. And it's a two-way tie. Right now in second place is the Phillies and Braves. They're sitting right now two and a half games back of the New York Mets who swept the doubleheader today from the Colorado Rockies. And, you know, what amazes me is that the Mets continue to get it done. Uh, thanks to the great Howie Rose on WCBS 880. He and Wayne Randazzo on the call, as always, for Mets radio broadcasts. Howie was saying that a, a win in the second game, which they did, puts the Mets at 15-9. and nine. For the month of May. Now, they were 9-11 and 11 at the end of April. Remember that their, their month of April was shortened because of the suspended game with the Marlins. The entire three-game series to open the season with the Nationals was wiped out due to COVID-19. So, they were playing significantly less games in the month of April. However, the, the Mets, and now granted, they are taking advantage and they are taking advantage of some weaker opponents but 
it's hard to call these opponents weaker opponents when the Mets have lost essentially their entire roster. I mean, I could go on and on. Pete Alonso is out. J.D. Davis is out. Jacob DeGrom just came back from the injured list. He had a he had his back tightness. Uh, Taiwan Walker is out. He is scheduled to come back tomorrow, though. Uh, Seth Lugo has not been around all season. Carlos Carrasco has not been around all season. Those were spring training injuries. Um, Kevin Pilar is out. Brandon Nimmo is out. Albert Almora is out. Janesh Fargus is out. They're, they lost their four, top four center fielders and are down to Cameron Mabin and Billy McKinney, whom they just claimed off... Uh, they just traded for, who was DFA'd by the Brewers. Billy McKinney was traded to the Mets and then got Cameron Mabin for a dollar. And my God, I want my dollar back. He's 0 for 26. Cameron Mabin is 0 for freaking 26. How the hell does that happen? I feel like by chance you run into a base hit or a home run. How does 0 for 26 happen? I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And don't get me started with 0 for 26 because Francisco Lindor had his own 0 for 26 earlier in the season. And boy, he can't get it going to save his life. And, and if there's any time for a superstar like Francisco Lindor to start carrying the Met Ball Club, it is now. And he is, and he got a single today, but I think he was one for six in the doubleheader. Really didn't do anything. He and James McCann, although James McCann the last couple of days, seems like McCann's bat is starting to come around a little bit. We've seen some better swings. It did result in a home run on, uh, mon- in, on Monday night. In their lone loss in the series to the Rockies, it seems as though his swing's starting to come around a little bit. He's been forced to play first base because they're just so thin on depth, and and the number of setbacks too. I think that's been the most concerning. You know, Jeff McNeil and Michael Conforto, not a setback, but according to general manager Zach Scott, significant hamstring injuries, and we won't see them till at least mid June. Mid to late June. Noah Syndergaard had the most concerning setback, yet we haven't seen him because he's recovering from uh, Tommy John surgery, and he will not, you know, and he will not be uh, throwing for six weeks. Six weeks. That sure seems like a long freaking time. And we're getting to the point where we're running out of time to see Noah Syndergaard this season. You know, if he shut down for six weeks, that puts us at a timeline of mid-July. So you're looking at the All-Star break that he's gonna that he can resume throwing. Then he's got to ramp himself up. He's got to play catch, throw off the slope of the hill, throw in the bullpen. What is it going to take? Another two weeks before he can make his first rehab start? And then what? He's got to make five, six rehab starts in the minor leagues? You're looking at mid to late August, if at all. And you can't count on Noah Syndergaard coming back. I'm sorry. You've gotten to the point where... And and Carlos Carrasco's setback is significant, too. We won't see him to mid to late June at at the earliest. You're getting to the point where we cannot count on these guys in 2021. 
which means with Taiwan Walker coming back to the rotation tomorrow, after he had a similar type of issue uh, that Jacob DeGrom did, and the Mets were cautious about it, they placed them, they placed them both on the IL, and, you know, Jake came back yesterday, uh, on uh, Tuesday night, and was splendid, just absolutely mowing down the Rocky lineup. I mean, yes, it's the Rockies. They're 3-20 and on the road, but they're, they're still a horrendous baseball team, all right? But they're still a major league club, and, you know, Jacob DeGrom can mow down any lineup he wants. That's just who he is. He's got a He's got a .80 ERA for a reason. He mow, he can mow down any lineup he faces. But with that being said, you know, it's nice to see him come back. And, you know, we need him pitching every five days the rest of the year. Taiwan Walker needs to come back, be pitching every five days. You saw a great performance today from Marcus Stroman going six strong, six scoreless in a one nothing shutout over the Rockies in game one of the doubleheader. Um... You got a nice performance from the Met bullpen after uh, they they let Joey LaCasey pitch about the first three and a third, uh, and then you a uh, three and two thirds. I'm sorry, and then Drew Smith and uh, Aaron Loop, uh, Jerry's Familia, Robert Gazelman, and um, uh, the, the, the Jacob Barnes ran through the rest of the lineup, ran, ran through the rest of the ball game. And the only run in that game was charged to Joey Lucchese. So it was a scoreless outing from the bullpen. And they really took care of good business today. You got the 1-2-3 7th inning from uh, Edwin Diaz, who's 9 for 9 in saves this year. And the turnaround from 2019, the, the, the revamped Edwin Diaz that we have seen is very encouraging and... Makes me comfortable. Now, granted, his ERA sits at 3.26. You say, eh, it's a little high. He's had some issues. He's had his own issues in some non-save opportunities. And, you know, look, he's not going to be perfect every time out. He's just not. I am glad that he is struggling a little bit more in the non-save situations. Because then you feel like maybe he gets his struggles out there. And when it's crunch time... And he's 9-for-9 nine nine in saves this year. That's when he is at his best. And that's when the Mets need him at his best. Is in the critical save situations. And look, he's just 27 years old. You know, this he's young. He is in his sixth year in, in the majors. So, it is time for Edwin Diaz to be an elite closer. And he is starting to show that he is capable of being elite in the big spots. Now, what is my trust level on a scale of 1 to 10 right now with Edwin Diaz? It's, it's a 5. Because I am still very scarred from the horrendous 2019. I mean, that the, the confidence level going into 2020 was 0. It wasn't even registered on the board. That's how bad. That's how much pain Edwin Diaz caused Mets fans in 2019. So I am working my way up to being more confident in Edwin Diaz. And he has shown to be a much better pitcher, especially in safe situations. 
So I'm hoping that this is more of the Diaz that we can enjoy uh, throughout the entire summer because the Met bullpen has been very good and to have a stable back end with Diaz and Trevor May and uh, you're getting Seth, you're likely getting Seth Lugo back on Monday or Tuesday. Um, you know, all systems should be go for this Met bullpen. So uh, that is one thing I am certainly pleased about. But, you know, the injuries just keep on piling up. And, and look, it's not the Mets. It, it's every team. We just saw Corey Kluber in his first start for the Yankees after the no-hitter. He pitches three innings. It's left shoulder soreness or left shoulder strain. He won't be he won't be throwing for the next six to eight weeks. So what? He's a, so he's not going to be throwing till the end of July. So we're not going to see him till mid to late August. You're looking at that being a three month injury. That is the you know the toughest thing about pitchers getting hurt is the ramp up, and yeah you. Because if because if you give a, you're given a diagnosis that you can't throw a baseball for four weeks, well now you need three to four weeks to ramp back up, so it becomes a two month injury. You know, it's not like a guy a guy strains his hand, a, ba- a position player strains his hamstring, or or has or has another type of injury. You know, once he's able to do his baseball activities and start swinging a bat, running running the feet, running in the field, running the bases. You know, once once a hitter's cleared, give him six six days of six to eight days of at bats, and he's back. It's not like that with pitchers; they're creatures of habit. They need to ramp up. They, like I said, they got to do their long toss. They got to throw in the bullpen. They got to throw on flat ground. Throw off the slope of the mound. It is such a process to get a pitcher back from injury, and so that's why the Mets are fortunate that it was nothing serious with Taiwan Walker and nothing serious with Jacob DeGrom. But you see on the Yankee side of things, it is serious with this shoulder strain uh, on Corey Kluber. And he's going to be shut down minimum six weeks. And then he's gonna be he's probably going to be reevaluated. They got to see if he's going to be able to throw. And then you project a three to four week timeline of a, of a return. So he can, you know, he could build himself back up and that is that that is the biggest issue and right when it seemed like Corey Kluber was turning a corner too this happens so I mean so you had that uh, Luke Voigt went down uh, Giancarlo Stanton I believe is going to be activated off the injured list tomorrow against the uh, uh, they're playing the uh, who the hell who the hell they're playing they're playing the Blue Jays right now I don't know who they're playing this I actually don't know who they're playing this weekend, but they're finishing up a series with the Blue Jays today. But, you know, you expect to get Giancarlo Stanton back in the lineup tomorrow. Um, from the looks of things, I hope the Dodgers get Cody Bellinger back soon. He is out on rehab assignment. I saw him hit a couple home runs uh, down in Oklahoma City. He's been playing at AAA uh, on his rehab stint. Uh, Christian Yelich just got activated off the injured list. So some of the guys are coming back. Um, and then you, but then you see Marcelo Zuna get shut down six to eight weeks with a hand inch, with a hand hand wrist injury, uh, and you know, and that's a huge blow to the Atlanta Braves, who, you know, they have a very solid lineup, but they've kind of just been 
floating along with mediocrity because their pitching's not great. Charlie Morton's been okay. Uh, Max Freed hasn't been great. Ian Anderson hasn't been great. There's just not a lot of room for trust in that starting rotation for the Atlanta Braves. And the bullpen ain't much better. And, yeah, sure, they they feasted on the Pittsburgh Pirates over the last couple of days. And uh, why wouldn't you feast on the Pittsburgh Pirates? <sighs> All right, I got to get to that Pittsburgh Pi- the Pittsburgh Pirates because what I saw today with my own two eyes, I am in the biggest disbelief ever. It's viral. It's all over Twitter. It's all over the internet. So go search it from today's Pirates-Cubs game at Wrigley Field. Javier Baez, it's a ground ball to third. And he and the third baseman throws it to first like he should to end the inning. But the throw is wide. And Javier Baez starts running back towards home plate, which is completely allowed, by the way. You can you can get in a rundown between home and first as the bait as the batter running out of the batter's box. As that happens, the man on second who had, was advancing to third with two outs starts making a dash for home, and at the very last second, the first baseman tosses it to the Pittsburgh catcher. The runner's safe, and then and then Baez again, and then Baez once that's the, once that happens, he starts sprinting towards first base. He dives head first, the throw to first, not in time. He's safe at first. Ball goes into the outfield. Bias goes toward goes to second base. The throw there that gets away from the sec from the infielder, and you know it was backed up, so there was no more advancing by Bias. But what blows my freaking mind is, sure, we're all lauding the baseball IQ of Javi Bias, and by the way, that's that's absolutely brilliant. What he did was brilliant. But I'm going to kill the Pirates here because how, as a first baseman, knowing that there's two outs at the end, oh, maybe I can't assume that he knew that there was two outs. But with two outs in the inning, all you got to do is say, all right, I'm not going to play your game. I'm going to go tag first base. The inning's over. The run can't score because it's, it's, it's a forced play at first. I mean, obviously, even if the run scores ahead of the first base being tagged, the run's not going to count. All the first baseman has to do after that wide throw is touch first base and the inning's over. But what does he do? No, he goes and starts chasing Javi Baez back towards home plate. And Javi says, sure, I'll play your game. That's fine because we're going to get a run out of this. And the, and the Cubs steal a run. Baez got the second base. And you wonder why the Pirates are the freaking Pirates. Because it's crap like that. Get your head out of your ass. I mean, what? I mean, what in the hell could manager Derek Shelton be thinking, watching a play like that from his defenders in the field? I mean, come on. That is basic baseball 101. It's not. It's not. Excuse my language. It's not fucking rocket science. If the if the ball is thrown wide of the bag and you have to come off the bag to save the throw and the and he wants and Baez wants to get into his little rundown game tag the goddamn base please have some sensibility Christ 
All right, I got that off my chest because the Pirates need to be relegated to double A. I mean, they have an, first of all, they have an embarrassment of a roster. I mean, it's not even competitive. I mean, is there, I mean, they have the second worst winning percentage in the National League. Actually, uh, third worst in all of baseball. The Orioles are right now the worst team in baseball. And then you've got the Diamondbacks and Pirates. But they're 1-9 in their last 10. The Pirates have lost six in a row. And they are just, they're horrendous. They're not even a competitive watch. I mean, I don't even know if I could name four players on the team. And, I, and, and I'm good. I know I know players on most every team. I could name you Jacob Stallings, Kevin Newman. Uh, couldn't even name you a single starting pitcher. I couldn't even name you a single starting pitcher on the roster. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, because guys are out. Stephen Brault's out. Chad Cool is out. Now I'm going. Now I'm going through the roster. So, you know, it's not like. It's not like I'm doing much work. I mean, okay, Adam Frazier, I've heard of. Uh, Cole Tucker, I heard of, because he's a brother of, I think, Preston Tucker in the league. That's it. Uh, Gregory Polanco is their most well-known guy. I don't know what to say. I mean, the Pirates are just an absolute joke, and, and to pull that crap off today just... Uh, it just ang- it just angered me. Uh, it angers me just as watch it it angers me just as much watching the Heat be just non competitive against the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm not, I'm not a Heat fan. I'm a Nets I'm a Nets fan. I also root for the Lakers as well. But uh, just watching the Heat be non competitive. Can we give the Bucks a series, please? I mean, I know the Nets have a cakewalk through the first round. They're gonna blow the crap off the, the Celtics, and they're gonna get to the uh, second round fairly easily. But, I mean, I didn't expect the Heat to be this bad. Uh, but whatever. This is a baseball show. We talk baseball here. Um, a couple of other things that I saw today. How about the Bay Area traffic being the reason that Shohei Otani has to be scratched from his start tonight? What? Yeah, so apparently uh, he was... They, he was riding the bus, as well as uh, uh, Kurt Suzuki and one other teammate. His name escapes me at the minute. Not not a big deal. Um, they're on a bus all going over the Bay Bridge to get into Oakland to get ready to go to the Coliseum for tonight's game. And the bus got stuck in traffic, so they had to get off and take the Bay Area Rail Transportation and it he was at the ballpark late so it, it screws up his it screws up his routine and so they scratched him now he's in the lineup he's going to DH tonight and Joe Madden changed his uh, lineup around but um, you know I had never seen that excuse before. That is, that's quite the. That is quite the. I don't even know what to say, honestly. I, I just don't even know. 
yes, this is another thing that crossed my crossed my piqued my interest, and and this stems from the Met game, and um, and that was Trevor Story. Uh, he left today's game and the second game of the nightcap. And I hadn't heard an update until now. It says the Rockies removed Story from Thursday's doubleheader nightcap uh, against the Mets for the bottom of the fourth with right arm tightness. Okay. Uh, George Springer not quite ready to come back yet. Uh, we talked about Syndergaard. Here's an update on Cody Bellinger. Bellinger could return to the Dodgers lineup on Saturday against the Giants, according to manager Dave Roberts. He made four rehab starts at AAA Oklahoma City, playing both first and center field. Now, with the injuries to the Dodgers right now and knowing that Corey Seager is not anywhere close, and we know we spoke of him being out for a couple of months, um, Gavin Lux is going to get the bulk of the playing time at shortstop, which makes an interesting decision at second base. I know you have Albert Pujols that you brought in, and he's played uh, quite a bit of first base come off the bench as well but um, Bellinger playing first base would mean a more permanent shift to second base for Max Muncy which is really not his strong suit defensively Um, but you know the Dodgers have to be makeshift at this situation Um, now the Marlins have had a bit of an injury bug as well uh, Jazz Chisholm, their young star infielder, uh, rolled his ankle rounding first base. And he was able to do baseball activities, so right now he is day-to-day. Uh, Starling Marte, who has a left rib fracture, uh, could be returning uh, Friday. But Miguel Rojas dislocated his left pointer finger when he slid headfirst into the first base bag while getting picked off. And it looks like he is heading towards the IL. So there's just so many injuries across baseball. Um, yep, I talked about the hand injury to Marcelo Zuna. Uh, Nico Horner strained his hamstring for the uh, Cubs. And yeah, just all around, I just can't believe how many injuries. Now, does, now some of now the the the, bro, the broken bones, like the hairline fracture for Bellinger, the. Uh, the uh, broken middle, fi- the broken middle finger and ring finger, for Ozuna. Those are freak injuries, like the Kevin Pillar injury that the freak hit to the face. Um, those are freak injuries, but there's a lot of muscle injuries, soft tissue injuries, and I wonder if that has something to do with the fact that they didn't play a full year last year, and now guys are having to get back in the routine of playing 162 games. And we're coming up to, let's see, the Rays have played 52 games this year. They're 32-20, the Rays. And by the way, the Rays are sitting in first place and looking nice in the American League East right now. But the Rays are 32-20, and and they've played 52 games. They are eight games away from reaching the number that they played last year. And teams are coming up on that. The the you're in the 50 to 55 range for most for most teams. Except for the Mets. The Mets have played 44, but we, ex- we express the reasons why. But most teams are at the high 40s, low 50s in terms of, in terms of the numbers number of games played. So we're almost to the point where they the teams have played as many games as they played last year. 
And I wonder if that is catching up to some of the players and if that is causing uh, any of these soft tissue injuries. So, you know, I, I really don't know what to think. It's, I don't, it's not an exact science, but it's something that we got to figure out. And, um, you know, it's something that we need to watch for um, going forward. So, all right, so let's take a look at around the league on this Thursday, the May 27th. Um, again, the Mets and the Mets played the doubleheader with the Rockies today. Mets won one to nothing game one behind Marcus Stroman and his gorgeous six run out, six six uh, scoreless innings today. Um, and then they defeated the Rockies four to two in game number two. Aaron Loop got the victory and relieved Jacob Barnes' second save. Diaz is ninth in game number one. Uh, the free YouTube game today was the Phillies and Marlins, and the Phillies defeated the Marlins 3-2. Jose Alvarado gets his fourth win out of the bullpen. Hector Nariz gets the save in his ninth of the year. And you've got a home run today from Reese Hoskins, his 11th of the year, leading the way. Cubs defeat the Pirates 5-3. Kyle Hendricks picks up the victory. He's now 5-4 on the year. Ryan Tapera gets his first save as the Cubs bang out nine hits, defeating the lowly Pirates. Indians defeated the Tigers 5-2 behind Shane Bieber picking up his fifth victory. Matthew Boyd gets the loss falling to 2-6 on the year. And uh, Eddie Rosario hit his fourth home run of the year in the sixth inning off of Matthew Boyd. The Padres fall to the Brewers 6-5 to five in 10 innings as the, Brewer, the Padres were able to tie the game in the eighth inning. They also got a sixth inning home run from Eric Hosmer, his fifth. Uh, Willie Adamas hit his sixth home run of the year, first as a Brewer, that is. Brent Suter gets the win in relief for the Brewers. Nationals defeated the Reds 5-3. to This is a completion of yesterday's suspended game. Austin Vock picks up the victory. Brad Hand gets his eighth save. Game two, their second game, well, their only full game, saw the Reds defeat the Nationals 3-0 behind Sonny Gray in his first win of the year. He knocked off Steven Strasburg, who falls to 1-2, with a 4-4-3 ERA. Strasburg making his second start um, off of the injured list. Five innings, five hits, three runs, five strikeouts today. And for Sonny Gray, it was six innings of two hits and one walk and five strikeouts. This was a seven-inning game. Uh, Lucas Sims picked up his third save of the year. They got a home run, his 11th of the year, uh, by Eugenio Suarez. Okay. We have the Rays defeating the Royals behind Shane McClenahan. He goes to 2-0, 7-2. Rays with three in the first, three in the third to lead the way in what was an easy victory. Austin Meadows hit his 10th home run of the year. That came with one on and two out off of Brady Singer. 
Uh, Blue Jays defeated the Yankees 2-0 in his Major League debut. It was Alec Manoa with six scoreless innings, seven strikeouts, and the Blue Jays were able to take game number one. But they fall to the Yankees 5-3 in game number two. Jonathan Loizaga gets the win. He is now 4-2 with a 2-3-9 ERA. Chad Green the save. And you had home runs from Aaron Judge, who is 13th of the year off Robbie Ray. Gary Sanchez hit his 6th of the year. That was in the 4th inning off Robbie Ray. For the Blue Jays, Bo Bichette hit his 11th home run of the year. So that is the finals going on. The finals from earlier today. And right now in the top of the fourth inning, it is the White Sox 1 and the Orioles nothing. That game at Guaranteed Rate Field in Chicago, Illinois. And we are just about to get underway between the Angels and Athletics. Patrick Sandoval now the man on the mound for the Angels. Chris Bassett is going for the A's. Cardinals and D-backs about to get underway as well. Carlos Martinez takes the mound for the St. Louis Cardinals. And then we have Josh, John Duplantier for the Arizona Diamondbacks making his season debut. Uh, at 10.10 p.m., this game, again, will be on MLB Network. Alex Wood takes them out for the San Francisco Giants. He takes his 5-1, 1.93 ERA to the hill against the Los Angeles Dodgers at Dodger Stadium and David Price on the mound. The Rangers and Mariners, the final game of the day. That's also a 10-10 start. Colby Allard with a 1-0 and a 3.15 ERA. Takes the hill for the Texas Rangers. And then it'll be the former Met Chris Flexen and his 4-2 record. He's got a 5.09 ERA. He is going for the Seattle Mariners. So that's a look around baseball on this Thursday, May the 27th. And we will talk to you again Monday on Memorial Day with a special Memorial Day preview. A lot of games should be completed by the time we record because of the, you know, the tradition of the day games during, uh, you know, the tradition of the day games. Most teams, some teams are still playing at night, but, you know, you have 12 of the 15 games starting by about 5 p.m. Eastern time. And, you know, Memorial Day, Labor Day, 4th of July, Love seeing daytime baseball on a Monday or, well, 4th of July, whatever day of the week that is. You love seeing daytime baseball. You really do. So that's going to do it for this edition of Baseball Banter. Again, we'll talk to you on Monday. Don't forget to download the Sakoa Media app available for the uh, available for the iPhone in the App Store, Android in the Google Play Store. Don't forget that this podcast Twitter handle is at, B, uh, at Baseball Banter SM on Twitter, Instagram, and, you know, I will try to be more active on all of those and try to get to reach out to more people so that more people can listen. You know, I've noticed through Anchor.fm where I upload all of this stuff um, that there have been a few more people that have started to listen to the podcast. And that's great because you can find it on Anchor. You can find it on Apple Podcasts. You can find it in the Google Podcasts. You can also find it on Spotify. Just type in baseball banter and it will come up. So for that, we will talk to you on Monday. Have a good night.